Hello, witches. This is Kara Kovacs, and this is Business Witch. As a third generation witch, at least, and a business and life coach for mission-driven entrepreneurs and leaders, I teach you how to make money and magic as liberatory practices. Because when we know, seek, and embrace our full potential, we create a better world for everyone. Here you'll find tools, conversations, spells, and inspiration that take you from waiting to creating so you can build the business and life you're oh so worthy and capable of having. Let's go. Hello, witches. It is my pleasure to welcome to the Zoom room, Julia motherfucking Wells. Hi. <laughs> I asked how you wanted to be introduced and that's what you said. I hope I did a good job. Yeah, but for people who are you're new to them, tell them a little bit about who you are and your work. <laughs> yes, hi. I am Julia motherfucking Wells. This was my old IG handle. I've been just banned off the face of the internet. So we're Julia Mother Effing Wells, but that just doesn't give me the like big pussy energy yes. vibe that comes with Julia Motherfucking Wells. So anytime someone can introduce me by the old archetype that you'll hear so much about like how this all comes together, but it's just like, oh, gives me a little warm and tingly feeling. It's fun to she say. Lives, she lives on. It's so fun to say. So yes. Hi, I am. A business coach. More specifically, I created a pathway into business called Pussy Based Business, which is all around pleasure being part of it. And it's very distinctly not masculine or feminine in it, which I think has been, I'm just going to say this because I think it's been so misconstrued in the industry. It's about all the things, it's about everything it takes to run a business. So, the strategy and the structure and having process and things that work for you and contain things. And it's about like doing what feels good, even when that's like really edgy and kinky and uncomfortable. It's about being in our bodies. It's about getting our brains on our side and just doing it with fucking pleasure because this is the craziest journey you could ever imagine times a thousand. Mm-hmm. Well, so something that you and I have in common is that we started doing a sex coaching certification and then transitioned into business. And I've always thought about your model as one to look to when I'm like, I want to be a liberated, queer, sex positive, kinky, poly, not hiding like mm-hmm. about myself. And it's not unprofessional. And if it is to you, go hire somebody like yeah, <laughs> but I'm curious, you know, how that journey was for you and your own stepping towards that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have been in the industry for like four, four and a half years before I did the sex, love and relationship coach training with Layla. And I had like tried everything. I'd been a little bit of like social media. I was way too scared to really go into business, but I was doing visibility and I was doing a little bit of marketing stuff and just like shit scared. But I was like, this is the thing. And then I had this crazy download one day that was like, you have to merge sexuality and pleasure with business. So my grandma is a, uh, she wouldn't call herself a sacred prostitute, but like she was a sacred sex worker in hey, her own right. Do you know this? Oh my <laughs> God. Hey, they're, they're working through us. So like, 
I was like, oh, what's up, grandma? You need me to continue this? Got you. So like, I literally called my dad that day and I was like, I'm signing up for a sex coach training. Like, I'm not trying to be a sex coach. I know I'm going to bring it into business, but like, this is what he's like. I already knew one of my kids would like have to follow in her lineage. And I was like, cool. So glad we're all on board here. Yeah. And I think the thing that became so obvious, like I was trying to kind of like figure out the coaching space and especially in the business side of things. And it was just like, none of it quite felt right. And then when I was like, wait, okay, we have this whole world over here where people are like doing these practices and awakening their energetic, erotic energy, being whatever, their pussies, they're like howling under the moon and in the jungle and tantric and all the things and kinky. And I was like, and then we all like go over into business and we're like, like must do business, must do da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, no, 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 no. Like all of this has to come together. And I was just like, this is just my thing. Like the whole reason I couldn't get it going before was because the business side felt like so dry and stuffy and it like had no room for personality. It definitely didn't have room for sexuality. I remember when I was first announcing it to your point, people are like, that's so unprofessional. Like you can't do that. So I said, watch me. And here we are. And here we are. (laughs) I think there's something really cool in what you said, but I'm still a little bit caught up on the, like both of our grandmothers. I know that's (laughs) a little caught up on that, but I, something that really struck me in what you said is like, it wasn't supposed to be what it is before it could come to you. And I think that that's true for most people in various degrees in their business. Like when I started, I don't even, I want to say not even like started coaching, but like I walked into a therapy room when I was 12 and I remember feeling this sense of being at home of like, oh, I'm supposed to be in a pretty room talking to people Mm. about their feelings. Like there was like a knowing that dropped in. And then in my twenties, there was like the, I need to do something meaningful, but I don't know what it is. And like finally landing at this is the thing that it's going to be. And then all those Mm -hmm. other sense. I think when you're in that process, it's very fucking frustrating. It is. And especially if you are someone who one really wants to do something meaningful, has been successful in other ways to be like, why can't I figure this thing out? And to your point, like everything now in hindsight makes so much sense. Like even the corporate paths I've done, the time I've spent in retail when I was my in my teens, like I'm like, oh, this all makes sense. Like this was all leading me to the work that I do today. But it was really frustrating the first four years to be like, why can't I figure this out? It seemed, you know, the narratives we all see of like, it seems like everyone can go to like zero to six figures overnight and everyone can just sign clients. And I'm over here like, oh, what what do I even do? What is a niche? Who, like, who am I? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mentioned to you before we came on, but I think it's important for the people who I said this to, to hear that like I've referenced your business as someone who took time to build and then sort of blew up. And I'm curious what that was like for you. So you arrived on this knowing you were like, this is the thing. And then what happened? There's no like what happened. (laughs) I think there was just like a series of things, honestly, like the pussy based business thing. I feel like I was like slowly gathering pieces and I was at this thing called Pussy Mansion with my friend in Greece where a bunch of us coaches all were just like 
hanging out, co-living, working in a most specified way. And I was like, I just need a way to explain what I'm trying to do. Like, I need to like land this Like, She's like, yeah, it's like we, everything we do is pussy. It's like pussy based. It's like pussy based business. And I was like, oh my God, do we just like, and then it made everything just make so much fucking sense. And I just, I think it's so hard. I feel like I'm in another one of those seasons where there's like something else churning and you just have to trust that like, it's going to come through at the right time. And I know the trust is like not the most fun part of the journey to me, <laughs> but it's always a requirement. Yeah. Like it just has to be part of it. So yeah, I think it's been interesting to watch it all come together and then be like, it's still the same thing. There's just like some new energy that needs to be birthed into it. So let's talk about that because okay. you made a pretty big decision mm-hmm. and you're re- you've received, you know, a lot of collective response to it. <laughs> I'm like speaking in coded language. <laughs> we'll tell you what <laughs> happened. From you. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so I have a Facebook group, had, have, it still exists, called Visible AF. It was literally known in a lot of our circles as like the best Facebook group, the place to, especially if you operate in these kind of realms of sexuality, business, empowerment, even sex work stuff. Like it was just like a very positive place, people with very values aligned. And it was amazing. It was a space to practice bragging and taking up space. It was a space to ask questions and make connections. It was where people found like their best friends, their next hire, their next client, whatever it was. I spent many years cultivating it and I very abruptly shut it down two weeks ago and people were um, people had mixed feelings. There was the like the ones who get it, get it that like There are times in leadership and business where you've got to burn something down, even if it's good to make room for great or just not even like compared. It's just like for what's next. Like it's just time. And there was a lot of people that were just very um, confused and upset and judgmental. And a lot of it, I think, is well-intentioned, but like I get it. They had created, you know, like people pour into the community. It's not just mine, however. It is mine. (laughs) And I was ready for a really big change. And um, I think, again, it's one of those moments where, like, nobody sees a lot of the stuff that goes into leadership behind the scenes and the conversations that happen. And sometimes they're worth sharing with your audience and sometimes they're not. And so I think it's just something I'd been sitting with for years came off as very, very brushed decision yeah I was because you said it was abrupt but like in a in that it happened quickly yes <laughs> but then you, said you had been sitting with it for a while and I think yeah that those are two the two very different things we just did a podcast episode with Sarah Faith Godestiner about the power of projections Mm-hmm. And how love those love to and I think that that's you know part of being visible and totally. also not only part of being visible, but kind of a necessity of being visible in a way where people are invested enough in what it is that you're saying and teaching that Mm -hmm. projections are an inevitability of having an understanding of how to relate to someone that they don't know, but they also feel in close value alignment with. Yeah. They like admire or they've learned from. It's like 
projection is a natural part of that relationship. Exactly. Like I think something I talk about a lot is like if you're in a position of leadership, of influence, you know, those can be same or different things. It's just part of the game. Like you're going to have to be willing to disappoint people. You're going to have to be willing to take on people's projections. You have to be willing to like have all that shit coming at you all day. And you get to decide what you do with it and what your boundaries get to be around it. But there's no way to play the game without people's shit flying at you because that's what humans do, right? We're trying to make sense of things. We see it through our own lenses. We have, all of us have different information that like access to different layers of it then paired with our lived experiences and our lenses and everything. And so I I can always have so much empathy and be like, oh, I get why I like to you. You feel like someone said, I don't, I don't trust you as much. And someone else was just like, it's like you own us and you can just discard us. And I was like, okay, like, again, I can see how someone could get there. And the fact remains, like, when you're a leader, you're going to have to make choices and decisions that not everyone likes and not everyone has to like. And I also think, I mean, that's just one example. I have no idea what's been in your inbox. (laughs) But to say, like, you've owned us is to give you a certain amount of power that I don't want to project this onto you. But me, I personally would not want to own. Yeah. But I I I don't own you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but but there is a difference though. And I think part of the frustrating thing that I was trying to share with my audience is like, but there is a level of leadership that it took. Like there's a reason why this is quote unquote the best group or a highly valuable group for people. Because I've put years of work into this group, right? I have like ugh, laid it down for this group. There have been so many ruptures, so many repairs. So many things like just community dynamics and the amount of content I pour into it, the people I invite, how I train people, the culture I build. So there was this thing of like people also being like, well, can we just have the community or can we just build our own? I'm like, you can, you can definitely build your own. You, you can have at it. <laughs> like yeah. oh, I even can train you how to do it. But there's a piece where it's like the unacknowledged piece that's really frustrating of like why things are so good that I think people tend to forget about. Yeah. And I think that to me was the hardest piece. Like I've, I, people can have their feels about it, but also it's like, hey, like let me pull back the curtain a little bit and tell you what it really takes to build something like this, run something, sustain this, like what goes into these types of things. And again, like it was great for a long time. And it's not even like I hated it. I just was done and yeah. complete. And it happens. It's like a breakup. You know, when you watch someone break up and you're like, oh my God, I thought they were like so good together. And they maybe they were good together and they were just complete. And it's not always going to make sense. Like you're not always going to have all the information. Mm, that's how I felt when I left New York City. I was like, I thought... I was going to die with you. (laughs) And now I need to go. (laughs) And people were probably like, what the fuck? Yeah. New York or nowhere. Like what happened to you? I thought you were in that boat with me. Yeah, for sure. I think like what you're saying about the, the like back end work that it takes. um, It's actually something Trudy LeBron said to me, like you want a seven figure business. There are seven figure problems. And I think from a user experience perspective, like for something to be seamless, and I say this all the time, there are so many errors 
in the back end of the mission. <laughs> like even right before this episode, I randomly got an email from myself from a, it's also the first day of Mercury <laughs> when we're recording this, but oh, from God. a newsletter sequence from like a year ago. And I'm just like, what's happening? <laughs> like, why is oh, it happening? And I think like people don't realize because the amount of work and effort, not just from you, but also from your team to make something a seamless yep. experience, the time it takes to do that, that could be reallocated to like whatever creative visioning or like next iteration. It's just like, yep, totally. so much time. Yeah. And that was part of it is like, listen, I just need to make space for whatever's coming through. I don't need, like, people are like, what's next? I was like, I don't know everything that's next. Like, that's not how this works. Like part of cycles and seasons and regeneration is like, sometimes you have to do the controlled burn or pull the weeds out. And then like you start planting the new seeds and seeing, and like stuff's happening, obviously. But it was a moment of like, yeah, I, this is leadership, self-leadership. This is business and seasons. And yeah, it's so, it's so fascinating how much, like you said, like the good problems, but there's still problems that come with a seven figure business. Like when clients are like, oh, like one person didn't pay me or there's this like one hard dynamic. I'm like, try having 20 a day. (laughs) You know, like between all the different things going on, right? And like, again, this is why we have team and structure and support and all the things. But it's just to say, it's like, it's so easy from the outside to be like, oh, come on, just do this one thing. You're like, you have no idea what goes into this one thing. Yeah. Also, how can you run a pleasure-driven business if the thing that you're doing is like not... Not pleasurable. And I think that was the fun part. It was like, not intentional necessarily, but it was like, oh, the people who really get it, get it. Like there was lots of people thanking me, being like, I just see you in your leadership. And like, this only affirms that you really are walking your talk of doing things from pleasure. And even like, again, pleasure doesn't mean it only feels good. I think this is such a misconception of pussy-based business. It's like, I'll just do it feels good. Like, no, the way I got here is I did so much shit that did not fucking feel good in service of what does feel good. And I mixed it with what does feel good. But like, it, it's just like, you're going to have to do these edgy, uncomfortable things. You're going to have to hold all the humans and dynamics and errors and team and all of these different pieces. And so again, like that can be really fun. And there can be times where you're like, this needs to look different for me to keep going and enjoy this. I'd love to veer a little bit since we're talking about the parts that don't feel good and we're talking yes. <laughs> and we're talking about like what people see and what they put into it. And you and I were talking about this right before we got on, just like making a political stance in business, <laughs> which like oh historically we've we've both done, you know, I remember in 2020, like watching you take up space in that way yep. as well. And I just posted a reel before we got on this podcast about like how business and politics are so intimately related that you actually like cannot extract them because who do you think funds all of our political campaigns is like corporations. But I think that there's this distinction that people make where it's like, but you're the face of your business and it's a small business, it's not a target. And, And then there's like projections that come from that. So I'm just curious your thoughts, your perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a friend yesterday that was like, well, intention, but she's just like, why do you have to say anything? Like, couldn't you just like remain neutral? Or like, why does this have to be your cause or your thing? And I was like, oh, 
I need to talk about this some more. Like, let's be clear where I stand. But yeah, I think there's a piece of like, again, everyone gets to decide how they do business and have their own commitments. But to me, that is a piece of it, which comes with all this other shit. There's so many, there's people, again, no matter what, if you are doing a thing in front of people, there's going to be a million different opinions. So I've got inboxes full of people that are like, I'm so glad you're using your voice. It's so nice to see you say something. Like, I'm glad to know where you stand. And then there's people who are like, like, I literally had a client that said, I wish you would stay silent. Mm. Like, I wish you just wouldn't say anything. When in the past, she's like, oh, I love that you say things about all these other things. But on the one that feels edgy and hard for me to swallow, I wish you would shut the fuck up. And to me, again, it's one of those things of like, yeah, it's a non-negotiable. Like, just like pleasure, so is using my voice to talk about the things that matter to me. And there's no right or wrong. Like, I'm not doing it right and perfectly. I'm just like this. If if I'm going to have a business and part of my thing is I want to make money to do good shit with my money. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about what that looks like. I'm going to talk about my values. I want you to know like where I stand on different things. And that's hard and that's really uncomfortable <laughs> and extremely messy. And again, the bigger the business, the more eyes on you, the more intense that can feel for sure. But even one person feels fucking intense when they're upset with you. What do you think was the difference for you between like the opinion of one person to holding the opinions of many and creating a healthy separation? Oh, I mean, constantly working on that. Hi, I'm a people pleaser and everything. (laughs) Human who feels everything. I think you just realize like, to me, something I always think about is like, again, if I want I just look at business as a series of trade-offs, right? So again, it's not that it just feels good. You can do what just feels good. And there is a trade-off to that. And it's that you probably won't grow far because you're not doing uncomfortable things. So just like on that, it's like, hey, like I'm very clear that if I want to have a big platform, if I want influence, if I want a seven-figure business, it just comes with this at scale. And so it's just like, how, what are my tools? How do I stay resource? How do I stay in community around these things? But like the truth is to me, I, I think one person can feel just as intense as 10. Like I, I don't like any of it. <laughs> no, I don't like it either. I was like, well, I wonder what you're going to say. Cause I, it's like really hard for me too. Yeah, and I wish the answer was like, oh, you just, I wouldn't say it gets easier. I think there's times where my muscle is more flexed and, and the more resource I am, the easier it is to flex that to be like, it's okay. Like both. And the more evidence you have, you can see, like, it's just true. Like both things are true at the same time. I can have a large business and I can have a bunch of good problems that come with that. And I can have one person mad. I can have 10 people mad and like, I can have 10 people happy. And it's just that weird thing of like, I, I just have to hold duality at all times and at a bigger and bigger capacity. So I'm always just asking myself like, okay, like, again, I'm in a mode of growth and I'm like, fuck, like I know that what comes with growth is a bunch of people shit flying at me. And like, can I be ready to hold more of that? Like, what do I need to be able to hold more of that? I I was going to ask you earlier what you wish you could have told yourself when you were in the midst of trying to figure out what this was going to be and it was and I'm curious if it's like a lot of the things that you're saying to yourself now yeah I think like something that really helped me 
is just being like, it's just all like all of it is worth it and all of it will make sense and I'll never regret it on the other side. Mm-hmm. And like that just helped me get through some of those things where I was like, what if this never changes? Like, what if I never figure this out? And I was like, what if there's another side of this where like I it's figured out? Like, who cares how many trial and errors? Who cares how much money I spent? Who cares how stupid I looked? Like, if I have a moment where I'm like, oh my God, I fucking love my work. I work with the coolest humans. I'm making money. I'm doing good shit with my money. I'm never going to care. Like, and now that I'm on that side of it, I do not care. That's so true. I think about like the first time I got a refund request and how it's mm-hmm. like an emotional tailspin of like, yes. but, but I, I, I explanation, I'm like, you know, like all of that kind of angst and it's, yep definitely not the same but sometimes there's a thing that still really hurts or stings and now is the knowledge that it won't sting at all in three years like I'm gonna get over it in the and I'll be a new there'll be a new sting (laughs) you're worried about (laughs) something else like oh good now there's 10 in a day but again it's like I think it's the trade-off. It's like, it, it's worth it, right? Like you have a refund request because you have clients. Now you have maybe 10 refund requests because you have a hundred clients, right? Like there, and it's not to say like, those are the only things and whatever, but it's just an example of like, yeah, you're going to have more upset clients. You're going to have more projections, but you have to also remember to look like, oh, this is how many people I've served. This is how many helpful people like, or how many people I've helped. This is how many payments have gone through and we can always focus on that. But it's like every job, no matter what, I think there's such a misconception in the coaching industry that like this doesn't happen to some people. Like, yeah, it, it fucking does. We all cry. We all have hard days. We all have things happen that we're like, oh God, what the fuck? And like, just deal with it. If you want to play the game. I have a yearly existential crisis about if I should become a therapist instead. Yes. Yeah. I'll like yes. go into my coach and my therapist and be like, I'm having my annual, should I become a therapist existential crisis? Yeah. And then they're like, because you want to fill out the insurance paperwork instead of, <laughs> and you're like, oh, nope, and you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. And I remind myself that I remember like, I think it was when I maybe first hit a million for those who don't know, I've made, we've done like four point eight million in cash since everything changed so I think at the first million I was just having so much go on and I was like I I like saw myself in that trap of like I thought a million dollar business would just like make it go away like I just thought you know like we'd be here and like there'd be fireworks and it'd be amazing and and I was like what but like now there's many people that are upset and and I remember just being like you know what like this is why I make a million dollars. Like, because I can hold this, I show up for this. Like I chose this. And that just brings me back into like, I don't like it, but I'm choosing I'm at choice. And like, there's a way to be able to be with everything. And like, it's just okay that it's fucking uncomfortable. So I think this is really important for people to hear because for people who have not uh, made a million dollars. I think many, if not all of them who that's their aspiration are also holding some kind of belief that the amount of spaciousness that exists <laughs> that mountain 
is like full of air. But you and I met at a at a TEDx event, and we both know that actually people get hypoxia on top of it. <laughs> Especially when you go too fast, but just like it happens no matter what. So for people who are like, oh yeah, like you've made almost half, I, I was going to say half of 10. I thought there was a word for half. Like, <laughs> we'll go half a billion. But <laughs> There's not a word for that. I like can't, it's the first day of Mercury retrograde. I can't. I we have that. the same water glasses. <laughs> oh hi! Uh, Let's call it a half C. A half C. I don't know. Half a ten. Whatever. It's fine. Almost uh, to five million dollars. <laughs> almost to five million. Um, for people who are like reaching for their first 100k or their yes. first multi six figure year or their first million, who think that like sitting where you are must feel so much more spacious. <laughs> well, what are the the uplifting words of wisdom? <laughs> I hate to burst your bubble, but. It's just, listen, there's so many good parts of it, obviously, like, or we wouldn't do this, but I do think it's like, there's going to be illusion and disillusion, just like anything else. There's going to be the good parts and there's the bad parts. I love having this many clients. I love like the influence and the impact that I've had on the industry. I love what my money can do for me. Honestly, I think that's so fucking cool. And like, yeah it comes with an intense amount of responsibility. Like I'm holding so many people's visions. I'm holding so many people's projections, all of these pieces. So it's like, it's kind of both. Like I have more money and more spaciousness, but I also have a larger scale of stuff to hold. And it it just kind of balances itself out. And I think something I always just ask myself every level I've gone in my business is like, what do I need to hold this? Because like, that's just never not the question, like this level of discomfort, this level of holding people, even like the level of goodness and celebration is really intense to be like, wow, I'm making more than anyone I know. I'm making more than anyone in my lineage. Like I'm sitting with, you know, like this amount of privilege or this amount of what responsibility, like even me thinking like, where do I donate my money? Okay. How do I want to invest my money? Like you have a whole new set of things to tackle. And I just think it's helpful to remember, like, this: the more you can take any of it off a pedestal and be like, I'm choosing it because I want both sides. I want the trade-offs. I want the good and bad. It's just going to feel more fun to play the game because it it just is intense. Well, fortunately, pussies are really good at stretching, too. They are. They're so good at it. <laughs> Turns out they can do it. They just need the things they need and you know the that point at which like it kind of hurts upon insertion and then it feels we're going for that like and I'm doing this thing called discomfort December right now and the whole idea is the more you flex your your muscle to get uncomfortable it doesn't even have to be in your business the more your brain and your body are like oh we don't die we're just uncomfortable it's going to serve us so fucking much. And it parallels into business because again, the good is uncomfortable. The bad is uncomfortable. The spotlight, it, like fame, influence, those moments, like imagine doing a TEDx, birthing a podcast, birthing a book. It's so fucking uncomfortable <laughs> that like the thing you have to do is have that self-trust muscle of like, 
I just do uncomfortable things and I trust that I don't die. And I trust that I can just hold myself through this as messy as I get. Mm, And I think no matter where anybody's at in business, people listening to this can relate to that some way in their life. Like falling in love is really scary. Oh my God. I've been doing that. That's why for anyone who doesn't know, it's why I haven't really grown my business in two years. Cause this is the first time I've done like healthy relationshiping. And I'm like, holy shit. Like everything that served me in my business is serving my relationship to see I didn't die, but it is so intense. It's scary. Or leaning in to have a conversation about a conflict with a friend that you've otherwise yep. had a really easy, we agree about it. <laughs> so on the same page, oh, we're having our first fight. Like, uncomfortable. I went to a client of mine invited me to a networking event last Friday, and it ended up being like an expo for people who sell MLM products, which was (laughs) very funny. There was a woman selling like a youth collagen thing that is made out of chicken sternum. And I was like, I'm vegan. And she was like, it's only 10% chicken sternum. And I was like, you're like, but that's not how that works. But funny is, you. we got two minutes to introduce ourselves to everyone there. And I stood up and my entire body filled with fear. And I realized, wow, I still, despite having a podcast, despite teaching yes. to hundreds of people, have extreme public speaking anxiety at the yep. MLM Expo. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, for me, anything. But I think that's the idea. It's like, it doesn't go away. Like, And listen, live in the fantasy sometimes. I think that's great. And on the days where you're like, but shouldn't it be easier? Or am I the only one? Just remember like, no, it's not glamorous. It is work. And there's so many cool benefits from it if you want this. But also like, this isn't the only thing. You just have to decide like, do I want seven figure problems? Yeah. And I I think the last kind of piece I'd like to cover with you, because we talked about it a little bit when we met, was this idea of of defining what it is that we are responsible for, because we're not even responsible for the results of our clients. Like, Mm -hmm. those are our clients' responsibilities and their results. But we were talking a little bit about, like, other people's projections that you should maintain that space out of some (laughs) responsibility to them. I think what could be like a fun action item or journal prompt for people who are listening to this and they want to apply it to their own business is really clearly defining what they want to hold and be responsible for and steward. And yeah, just your thoughts on that. Yeah. So I can give a little practice that I do and have clients do all the time. But I'm just thinking as you say that, I'm like, yeah, wouldn't it be nice if every online leader would do exactly what I thought they should do? <laughs> like I'm I'm not immune from the same thing, which I think makes all of this game so hilarious. But it's like, yeah, there's people every day I could be like, oh, I wish they would just do this, say this, whatever. So like, it's fine, product. Okay, so a willingness list. Like I always just say, It's not like we're saying, I need this to happen. This is a guarantee it's going to happen. So to me, like the word willing can feel really good in the nervous system of just like, okay, I'm willing. So you could just write out, like, I'm willing for all these unfun things to happen. But sometimes it's helpful to start it as like, I fear that if I, whatever, make six figures, seven figures, fall in love, whatever, do the thing. 
I fear like this will happen. This will happen. This could happen. This could happen. So like, sometimes it's easier for our brain to go fear-based first and then flip all of those and to be like, yeah. And I'd be willing to like, feel the discomfort of a hundred people projecting if I, it meant I was making a million dollars and serving that many people. And like, yeah, I would be willing. One of mine for the longest time was like, I'm going to fuck up the taxes and like all the accounting stuff really scared me of having a large business. And I was like, I'm willing to get like destroyed by the IRS. Like I'm willing to pay a penalty if I do this wrong. I'm willing to like, whatever, figure that out. So again, it could be on like interpersonal dynamics. It could be on perfectionism things. It could be on the money side of things, but getting into that willingness. Like I've, I've been thinking about that today on a bunch of different things I'm working on. And I was like, oh, this is my work today of like, I am willing to have all the things I don't want in order to get what I want. And like your brain start needs to like a nervous system need to have those to be like, oh, and if there's some that you're like, I'm straight up unwilling, you might have to ask yourself, like, is there a way to do this where I can guarantee that <laughs> like people are like, I'll launch if I know I'm going to sell out I'll do payment plans. If I know nobody's ever going to default, it's like, oh my fucking God, like that is not a guarantee you got to like get willing, but there might be something of like, I'm never willing to talk about politics. Like, okay, sure. That can be your stance and you can go find the evidence and and create that as your reality. But I think just so helpful to be like, yeah, I'm willing to feel really disappointed. I'm willing to feel extremely unseen. I'm willing to publicly look stupid as fuck. <laughs> like whatever the <laughs> things are, like I'm just telling you now, you want a million dollar business, you better be willing for every little thing to happen. It sounds like a little bit of a modified deepest fear inventory. Yeah, I play with those all the time. I just have like all the variations of, because she's like, I'm willing to feel this. I'm willing to experience this. And well, I, I'm because like I'm going to link the instructions for people in the show. Oh, notes. good. Yeah. yeah. It is a, I give that that assignment to clients as like a spell. So you write yes. it and then you rip yep. it to shreds and yep. throw it out. So we'll, if you were like, okay, I want to do this as an assignment, I will yes. link it to you in the show notes. Yes. Uh, and that practice that is from Carolyn Elliott and existential kink. If you want to get more into the kink and then there's all the layers. One coach ever. Oh my God. How fun. I didn't know that. She was a member of the Pussyverse at one point and one of the many ruptures I have held in my community <laughs> when our humanness flared in opposite directions. But yeah, it's such good work. Yeah. I mean, it's still to date one of my favorite exercises. Like it's such yeah. a good exercise. Yeah. And then if you want to add, like, can I add the pleasure pussy layer on it, a little thing? Oh, so I, the, I love getting this. Like our cells get so confused when we do this. So like make your list of like, I'm willing or whatever, and then bring it into an embodiment practice of like doing some kind of like strip tease or sensual dance and touching yourself and just be like, oh, I'm like so willing to be projected on or even bring it to like, I fucking love when people project on me. Like it's so fucking hot when people think they can tell me what I can do and that I'm crying and debating if I should listen to them. 
And it just like really disrupts every pathway we have in our body. So I just love that extra layer of fucking with ourselves. Like, oh, wait, it actually could be pleasurable to have all these unpleasurable things. So there's that layer too. Oh my God. Thank you. I needed to hear that. (laughs) No, because my thing is like, I'm afraid of troll messages. Like I, so I'm like, I'm willing to receive troll messages. And I came into this recording being like, I got one from my cousin. And what I was thinking <laughs> yeah. as I went to get my morning coffee was that was actually like kind of hilarious. Like I actually a little bit was amused by that. Like there is something pleasurable in like, actually, I've always thought that you kind of sucked. And now <laughs> you <laughs> that you actually do. Yeah. And it's just, it's like, we got to be able to laugh at shit. We have to be able to fuck with ourselves. Like the, it is so intense. So like anything, any tool that works for you as you go, like keep it in your toolkit of like, here's what I do when blah, blah, blah happens. Beautiful. So if people want to find you now, <laughs> no longer the Facebook group. In lieu of the Facebook group, I have started a TikTok channel. It is the most humbling, cringy thing I've ever done. and I kind of what we talked about earlier of like, I know when I'm on the other side of this, I'm gonna be like, ha, this was worth it. Everyone's gonna ask what I did. But right now we're in the like, you can watch me suck real hard for a minute. And so fun. So TikTok, Instagram, Julia Mother Effing Wells, and then my personal Facebook, Julia Wells. So you can either friend request or follow on there. And I post all my written content is on my personal page. And then the video stuff is elsewhere. And then I have a podcast called Wait, What the Fuck? And we will link all of those in the show notes. I want to thank you for coming here and talking about like this transition in this moment. I have two questions for you that when I remember, which is not all the time I ask. (laughs) (laughs) The first I remembered because I like want to know so bad. What's your sign? Aries. Okay. I knew it was through and through. I'm, I'm like a full fire. I'm like Aries sign. I think Sag rising. I forget the order. Sag rising in Aquarius moon or Sag? Yeah, Sag rising Aquarius moon. I think. Yeah, I would imagine in Sag rising. Yeah, rising. Fire, uh, fire, 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 fire through the whole thing. And then the second one is, what's your why? Why do you do what you do? My why is like I want to see what the fuck is possible. Fun. Yeah, like I just I love like being a little edge pusher, just being like, what else can we do? That sounds very satirizing, Aries Son of Grace. <laughs> that is my why <laughs> that is my of the day. It's like, yeah. And I mean, also, I think like, yeah, there's so, there's so many pieces. But like, what is possible when we have money and pleasure and community and do work that we're obsessed with? Get paid well for it. Yay. Thank you, Julia. It's been so fun to so share. Good. See you witches next week.